I didn't win a PA state title. I think I won five Florida or four Florida titles before I won a, a Pennsylvania PIA state title. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's it's five percent of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner, coming to you from Chicago IL. Our guest today is Mark Engel, three-time All-American for Clarion in the 90s, five-time Fargo champ, his uncle, Kurt Engel, Olympic gold medalist. Really enjoyed having Mark on, and I hope you enjoyed as well, folks. Fan of the week goes to our friend... D. Wig, a recent Apple podcast review, left a five-star review for Escape from Inglewood, which is one of our audio documentaries on the great Tony Davis. The review says, just caught up with the Escape from Inglewood podcast on my four-hour drive home from the PA Freestyle and Greco State Championships. What an awesome story. Made my PA turnpike trip a breeze. Thank you so much for the review. We greatly appreciate it. And thanks to everyone who's left an Apple podcast review. And without further ado, folks, let's give it up for the great Mark Angle. If you're running a wrestling club and you're looking to supplement your existing fundraising efforts, please consider using CauseMatch. CauseMatch is a peer-to-peer online crowdfunding campaign, and past results show that this type of a campaign using CauseMatch will help you raise six times more than traditional events. And the best part is that it won't cost you an additional 30-40% in overhead. You don't have to change a thing in your current fundraising plans. CauseMatch is just meant to help supplement your existing efforts. Go to causematch.com wrestling to schedule a 20-minute Zoom call and see if there's an opportunity to grow your fundraising. That's causematch.com wrestling. Mark Angle, welcome to the podcast, brother. Yeah, man, appreciate it. Appreciate it's an it. honor to have you on, man. We're I mean, I was looking through the stats, some eye-popping stats, four-time Whippeal champ, five-time Fargo champ. We'll get through all of them. But, man, let's start at the beginning. Angle household growing up. Tell me about the parents. Tell me about the home life. Like, what'd your folks do? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, uh, I was in the middle of four sisters. So uh, there was never a time where we didn't have uh, workout partners they were rotating in on me, especially as I got to like 10, 11, 12. I had a sister a year a year older and two years older. So they were like the main 
partners if needed, you know, build the mats <laughs> out during Christmas. Many holidays, there were some mats in the in the dining room and uh, just to get some work in for sure. But but yeah, it was uh, early on, man. It was uh, wrestling was pretty much, you know, way of life there. You know, I started when I was, I think, six. So um, it was uh, and really early on, it was pretty much it was intense, like early on, you know, and um, I even people always talk about like what my kids doing, like cartoons and stuff. I'm like, man, I didn't watch any of that stuff. Saturdays, we were we were getting after it tournaments and, you know, I remember many afternoon, you know, like weekends <laughs> that we were sitting home watching cartoons, doing anything like that. So it was pretty intense early on right up through. And uh, yeah, it was good. You know, it's, uh, it's all I knew really, you know, and we didn't year round started probably like in sixth, fifth, sixth grade. So no, still really doing some, still doing some baseball stuff and some soccer and stuff, but you know, to that point where right before, you know, I say junior high, maybe, you know, pretty much, you know, 10 months a year, we were trying to get after it, putting everything else aside. So, but it was good. It was intense. And my dad was the driving force, man. He, uh, he was, uh, my coach, he was, you know, Kurt started, my uncle Kurt started later on, like sixth, seventh grade. So we were kind of at the same time when we started. So Kurt's so an dad, uncle. He's an uncle. He's my dad's youngest brother. They're like 15, 16 years apart. So that's a big gap. And I'm like a, I'm only like nine years from Kurt. So he's more like an older brother. I had no brother. So, you know, he was like an older brother, but we kind of started at the same time. So, uh, but my dad was his workout partner all the way until he went to college. So he was really the driver. Your dad's a beast, bro. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. So, so he, so you start um, at a young age and you're going year round. Kurt's coming up at the same time. Now your dad, was he a wrestler? He did. He, uh, he was, he was really good. I, much uh, he freestyle i know he was real good freeze he i think he won freestyle states one year went to uh arizona state on our scholarship and then um you know ended up moving back home and starting working in the union so um never really got to live out but he was yeah he was probably as good as any of us for wow sure. so he yeah. and so he, he comes back he's uh in in union carpentry and then you guys get going and so you said it was rough, man. Like, what were some of the early memories? Like, it's a uh, <laughs> stuff probably couldn't get away with now, or what? <laughs> no, no, no way. Because we went. I went to a Catholic school for I think all my sisters till uh, till we moved to Cannonsburg, where we had to. I didn't go to high school, and there was I think first second grade. You know, I was getting uh, pulled into the office because I was my head was down at lunch, and they're like wondering why I'm not eating. So, you oh. know, we had some, some first second there, grade. And I was trying to explain. You know, I got a tournament tomorrow, so. Uh, it was, well, you know, it was more, you know, myself doing it. Um, right. But yeah, it was different. I was the only kid not eat, not so much eating lunch every day. So, uh, but yeah, just the, uh, yeah, there were some, uh, there, there were some times we had to cut some weight late at night. Um, it involved a sauna and, you know, a little army base we had to climb into. They're not available as much now. You know, way easier to get in saunas now, but back in the day. Army base. <laughs> Yeah, a little Army Reserve base our one coach was a part of. So we had to sneak in a few times late night, me and a few boys. I think we were like nine or ten to cut some cut some weight for the PA JO State. So wow. uh, definitely some memories <laughs> we talk about still. So was your yeah. mom an athlete? She uh no, not so much an athlete. No, she has great support system, but you know, four sisters and myself, so she kinda held it all together. So but no, okay. she's, she's awesome. But yeah, not so much on, on the athletic side for her. And we're talking 80s where, you know, youth sports is really popular, but we're not talking anything about 
you know, balance or like the health. So this is just the, the wild west, man. And, and this is a great era because right around this era, Alan Freed's going on his run. And I don't know yeah. if like if he was the same age as you, was a little bit older than you, probably a little bit older than you. Right. When he went yeah. to Fargo, because he won yeah, yeah. four. He, he won four. Yeah. And I that's the, the one I lost in the finals my junior year. You know, I could have could have matched him, but I also had two cadets in that time too. So it would have been nice. You know, Alan's awesome. We uh, got to train together. My coach in college, Tony Perler, was really tight with him, an old teammate. So I got to know Alan pretty well, and he's a good dude, man. But yeah, he's Tony Perler sure. was your coach in college. I didn't know that. For uh, I think my last two years, he was. Yeah, so Tony come over from Oklahoma, and then, uh, yeah, he coached me for a couple of years, which is kind of neat because he left Michael Leitner, who. Uh, was we were always bad on fancy titles, so it was kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. Tony was a good guy, to, good guy to have in my corner for sure. Yeah, I mean, and it was crazy too that I was looking through the through the records. One of your teammates, you went up to one forty one, and then he transferred, yeah. and you almost wrestled him in the wrestlebacks, bro. It was wild. We uh, he got hurt my sophomore year. I jumped to one forty one and uh, did real well. You know, made a real good run. Just lost to a guy. I had beaten early, end up fourth. And then coming back my junior, we both were ranked. They had like a ranking out preseason. Chris and myself were both number one, but from Clarion. So we did wrestle off. It was like two overtime matches. I mean, it could have went either. He was really good, man. And then he ended up transferring to Central Michigan. And I think my junior year at State College, we were seated one, two, and we both got upset in the uh, semis, or else we were hoping to meet in the fight. We were both undefeated time, both lost to. I lost the Lightner. He lost the Schwab, and then uh, we didn't. I don't think we ended up wrestling at all. We did at Midlands the one year, but that was about it. Yeah, that's so crazy, solid. though. I mean, yeah. you don't think yeah, of Clarion wild. of having two guys. I mean, you maybe you did back then, but like just like that's so yeah. loaded. Like, and that was your yeah. wrestle off. Yeah, and we that whole the reason I went there because I was recruited Penn State, Oklahoma State. Uh, they were you like could have gone anywhere. Yeah, and I wanted to stay there, you know, because at the time we had Sheldon Thomas, NCAA champ there, three-time All-American. We had Brian Stiles, a four-time All-American, up heavier. Um, then we had a guy, Bob Crawford, who was a four-time Pennsylvania State champion. I was coming in to pretty much compete with there. Um, Tom Tomio was an All-American weight above me. So we yeah. – and then Chris, me and Mike, Chris, all in the lower weights, we had a pretty good crew there. And uh, Rob Eider, he was an Olympian in 96. So he uh, he was really, really instrumental in me getting, you know, my success there as well. So we had a real good crew there, a um, bunch of All-Americans and some really good coaches. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of a little small school. You know? Yeah. How, uh, how far it, did you grow up from there? Not far. It, it was like uh, I lived – I grew up just south of Pittsburgh, pretty much Pittsburgh area. It's like an hour and a half drive. Okay. I'm a uh, Chicago a guy. I don't okay, know. I don't yeah. know PA that well, but uh, Not a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I know the whip, you know, and I see that I'm like, okay, legit. Sure. Like this, sure. that's yeah. one of the meccas, if not the best conference, high school conference in wrestling. So yeah, um, really didn't know where Clarion was at though. So it's kind of right in yeah, that it's area. It's just a little bit northeast of, of Pittsburgh, kind of between there and State College, which is a little bit north. But yeah, okay. it's a nice little town, man. It's uh it's all wrestling. It was, you know, and it's, it's getting back there. Now. They're doing pretty well there, but uh, yeah. But yeah, I was always going there. Kurt was like eight, what, nine years older than me. So I was, I knew everybody up there and going to watch him for years. And then come around time where I was going, you know, it was there at Penn State. You know, Oklahoma State was there too. I just, you know, kind of decided to stay closer to home, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact that your your uncle wins two NCAA titles there as a three-time finalist. And this is all before the yeah. Olympic stuff, right? So it's like... Right. Right. Even that yeah. alone is a Hall of Fame career, right? Three-time NCAA no finalist doubt. is 
insanely <laughs> no rare. Yeah. So, so yeah. like, do you have memories of watching him and like, and like, was it 91, 93? It was, 92? it was, uh, yeah, I think 99, 192 or 92, right in that, that stretch. He, uh, yeah, see, I was always wrestling in our state, so I never actually went to an NCAA tournament until I was in college, but always following it where it worked out. I think he was, yeah, it was a, a week apart or so, but yeah, I always remember, you know, I went to a lot of his, his meets and stuff like that, but never NCAs, but, but yeah, he was, uh, yeah, always right there. And a guy he had beaten, I think his senior year is a guy from my high school, Sylvester Turquay. So we were always, uh, you know, kind of keeping tabs on him. He's, you know, really, he's a beast too. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, it was always fun and kind of like a level ahead. I was like coming to high school, he was getting out of college. So it was kind of pretty good for, you know, of course my dad had him wrangling up all his teammates to beat up on me for all those years. So Dude. Um, it was, uh, it was a pretty good situation, but it was, uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, learn from the best. So Kurt was really good bringing some clinicians in. It's not like nowadays. They have, they have clubs everywhere now and a lot of instruction, a lot of competition, especially in PA. Uh, back then, it really wasn't like that. So, you know, we did our best to get, you know, Kurt was real instrumental bringing some of his college guys in mm -hmm. and, and getting some hookups there for some instruction and some training. Think about how crazy that is that someone of your caliber in high school only went to the NCAs once you were in college. Like yeah, now, yeah, now kids yeah. are going at like nine years old. Already, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that's, uh, yeah, because it's eye-opening the first time there and, uh, you know, all the chants and stuff, Iowa, you know, it's pretty cool, man. But, uh, but yeah, that's why I was told I didn't go until I was actually, uh, you know, competing there. So, but yeah, I wouldn't have that. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. Now tell yeah. me about when you started your first time out at Fargo and now you're starting to win some real titles. Had you won a bunch of like PA junior titles and you knew you were pretty good or like, talk to us about yeah. that transition. Yeah. Um, I really, I think I took third one year and a guy, Kerry Cole, that had won seven. I think I won six and, uh, and took a third. So yeah, I was there, but you know, like these competitions now they have like all these super 32 and all that. We didn't have any of that. So really, you know, I, I, knew I was pretty good, you know, but I didn't know where I was at. And then our first year at cadets, um, I actually wrestled Cody Sanderson, like in the, is set up different, you know, pool wrestling and then the final, yeah. meet up with your guys. So I wrestled him pretty much to get into the finals. And, and, uh, you know, I didn't really read my dad, obviously read all the USA wrestling. That's all we had back then, man. No yeah. internet or anything. So he had knew about Cody and the Sandersons already. So, uh, but you know, I, I beat him and then I got to the final and then, you know, once I won that one, um, how it's set up now, I'm sorry, back then, that was like early July. And then late July, you know, I had won the junior PA states too to qualify for the junior nationals as well. So I wrestled cadets early July and then juniors late July. And, um, you know, I, and even after winning the cadets, you know, I, I knew I could compete there, but, you know, where would I be, you know? And, uh, you know, I ended up wrestling, uh, really got, getting on a roll there pretty well. And then, uh, I wrestled a guy in the finals who had, I think he won the year before Tyson Rondo. He's from, he was a senior, you know, I was a freshman and you know, upsetting him pretty decent. And, uh, you know, from there the next year did the same thing and, um, you wow. know, it ended up just starting from there. So really I, I was telling, uh, one buddy, you know, I had, I didn't win a PA state title. I think I won five Fargo or four Fargo titles before I won a, a pencil, the PIA state title, just some bad luck and some injuries and stuff. But wow. Yeah, I was. Yeah. that's crazy. So, so that's crazy that the cadet and junior tournaments were separated like that and you could do both so yeah, you yeah. go to cadets and then right away you win you win um fargo in the junior category did you ever not win fargo in the junior category 
my my junior year, I lost to a guy who I'd beaten the two previous years, this guy from Missouri, Scott Chats. I beat him for the cadet title, my first cadet, and then the, I beat him the juniors the next year, and then he had beaten me uh, for the final on, in uh, okay. my junior. Then my senior, I'd be, I ended up wrestling Cody Sanderson again there. So, yeah, yeah, I took second the one year, uh, but other than that, I, I had won every other one. Dude, that's insane. I mean, at that point, that hadn't happened many like, – to to be a four timer, would you have been the second one? Yeah, and I, I like I was saying, I don't know if Alan was did wrestle the cadets. I think, uh, but yeah, I, I would have. You know, I knew all about Alan at that point. I haven't met him yet, but that's kind of what. I don't I even know so if they had that cadet tournament then. Like I, they I may not have. Yeah, yeah, they might not have at all because yeah, they it was like I remember it was right around the Fourth of July, and then we do another training camp for PA juniors and then wrestle juniors. So it was a busy, you know, a busy wow. time there, but. uh but yeah, it was. And so are you starting to have like dreams of like becoming an NCAA champ, Olympic champ, or is it so much like your dad's dream? You were just kind of following his lead, like, or were you kind of taking it on yourself? Yeah, I think early on, probably he had the vision, you know, but once I start winning these titles, you know, that was obviously the goal, you know, yeah. no doubt. And uh, yeah, the NCAA, you know, right up through and, you know, NCAAs, it's just, I never, you know, every year I beat a, the guy who I beat a month earlier, um, end up upsetting me in the semis. So those was, brackets uh, were yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's just, you know, my sophomore year, I was really, I was seated too. at Mark Ironside was one and, and it was really, you know, I was wrestling really well at the time and I was kind of not newer, but no, people hadn't seen me as much. And I was running through some two pretty good and really looking forward to that bout. And then I got upset by a, a guy who 10, nine, who I had beaten pretty handedly a month earlier. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. man. Unfortunately. Yeah. Now, when you're when you're coming through high school, you mentioned folk style wise. When you're at Cannon McMillan, you end up winning state one time your senior year. What kind of injury did you have your junior year? Uh, well, my sophomore year, sophomore year, for, even yeah, I had an injury too. My uh, first round, we uh, wrestling guy from Erie Cathedral Prep, real good guy. Uh, went out of bounds. Right, when we come back. He low single and blew through my ankle, tore like three ligaments, fractured it. So I end up. Big, take him down, end up barring him up, pinning him. But the next morning, man, I couldn't even put my shoe on. So I did try to go out and wrestle, but had a default out. And then yeah. the junior year, I had a little cartilage injury like in February. It was like a buckle down there. So they had, to, they had to repair it and take it out. So I was able to come back like two weeks later for the like sections, regionals, all that. And then the day before states, it was a Tuesday. Um, we were just drilling. And my right one had been giving me trouble, the cartilage again. And uh, we, I was just throwing a stand up and it locked up on me. I couldn't get it back and play. You know, I couldn't get the cartilage to flip back. So I was out that year, too. So I didn't lose either of those years except for that default. But, um, yeah, I just never. <laughs> people dude. saw me on crutches again the next year. Like, oh, my goodness. this dude. That would have you know, broke most fun. people. Did that kill your spirit or like where, was Fargo so important to you that yeah, that was OK? Yeah, yeah. I was ready. Just trying to get ready for Fargo that, you know, it wasn't, you know, because it my my uh, freshman year, I was able to wrestle Cadet Worlds as well. So um, I took silver out there. So I was, you know, really looking for, that was really the, not that I, I mean, obviously it was a concern to win a PI state title, but um, yeah. you know, it wasn't like I it was, I figured it would happen at some point. Man. You and know. so senior year, when you finally got it done, what was that moment like? Yeah, it was, you know, it was just something that, you know, I went, went through pretty decent. So it wasn't a, uh, yeah, nothing too crazy. I was just ready to, you know, get on with it. Really, you know. And then, how many? Uh, 
how many different colleges? You said Penn State, Clarion. Like, where were you actually considering? Oklahoma State? Yeah. Yeah, th- those were, like, the three um, for sure. And really, the whole time growing up, I was going to go to Penn State, like, for sure, for sure. But then Clarion, of course, with Kirk being there, you know, he kind of gave me, you know, kind of influenced me a little bit there. And then, you know, at the time, um, John Fritz was there, Troy Southern, they, they were great. You know, a lot, of, a lot of buddies up there and guys I had trained with before. So, um, but they, they didn't offer me a full scholarship and I kind of was, you know, kind of taken back by it a little bit. And then they did afterwards when I already committed to Clarion. So, you know, probably a little immaturity on my end, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, everyone else was. So I was like, ah, I'm just going to. You know, if they would have, I don't know, probably would have went there, I think. But, you know, like I said, you know, a little immaturity on my part at that, you know, thinking about that because, you know, they got a team to compete with. And really, if I would have been on that team my, my junior year, and even if I would have taken third again, I think we would have probably won. The, mm-hmm. that was, they had a real, like, Pritzloff there, Jamar Billman, uh, Jeremy Hunter. They had a really real good crew there. Yeah, they had a good Jamar crew Jamar Billman, I forgot about that name. Yeah, he was Man. a stud. Yeah. God. Yeah. So when Clint was Musser. yeah Clint Musser was there? Okay. He took the second that year too. So yeah, they had a good run. When was when was Cole at? Like uh, four years before he, you or yeah yeah okay. pretty much exactly. And he was uh you know we were you know my my dad and him and his dad were friends. So every summer man <laughs> he had put some whoopings on me. Like he was the guy. You know his training and his drilling and it just how he competed. That's what I took a lot of. Uh, just tried to mimic what I was doing, especially his, his drilling and how intense it wasn't just like a, okay, let's just warm up and do some shots. It was like a full fledged workout. I mean, 20 minutes and you, you know, you can't even walk like this dude was training like no other. That's where I really learned a lot from, from Carrie for sure. And you were drilling with him in the summers, like going up and yeah, it's... we were training, drilling. Tra- we weren't too far from each other. Jeff Morgan is where he went, which is like a half hour from Cannon Max. So it's, fortunately we were pretty close so um plus they had some good teammates as well some younger guys around my age so um but yeah in the summers especially camps and things we got together quite a bit well his in that flow documentary it's one of my favorite ones and they talk about his dad using the cattle prod in the living room he's like i'm tired of tired of seeing you knock it up from bottom so every time you don't you get a zap and i'm like (laughs) god that's that's what we're talking about here. Folks. Yeah. So, yeah. And that was real. I, did you ever see, did you ever see the cattle prod? <laughs> I was never, uh, yeah, never got to see that, but I saw, uh, saw enough that... of his, I saw the results, you know, of his, <laughs> his discipline. So yeah, no, I never saw that. Yeah. They never did you see that, that out, documentary so. on flow? Oh man. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. One of my favorite as well, man. God. Yeah. What yeah, happened to him? Story, man. You know, it was so, everything. That was just crazy how it happened again and again at the international mm-hmm. level. That's sad, man. Crazy. It is sad. You it's know? like it. It doesn't even make sense that they could change the matches like that after yeah. and it happened so yeah. many times. Insane, man. I, yeah, and, and really, you're coming back to wrestle in the world finals, and you're gonna you got to re wrestle. Uh, you know, top caliber. I mean, that that's insane to even think of. that happened mm-hmm. multiple times. You know, so. Yeah, obviously there's some rules now. I think probably as a result of that, I mean things have changed. It's wrestled right there. You know that's crazy. Well, it's you like know? every the wrestlers know, but like the like the common wrestling fan, like you would you could easily be saying Kerry Cole at four time world champ, three time world no champ, no doubt, I, I Olympic gold medalist, no doubt about it, one of the best ever. Yeah, hands down. Yeah, for sure. 
so when you would when you would go up there and, and drill with him in the summers, um, you know, you take from it the intensity and then was it a lot of like was it a lot of like cross training or more like wrestling training? Oh, it was full on wrestling, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. The drill like the drilling where I learned my drilling and um just the precision and the intensity is it was just insane. It's like these these shots were exactly the same every single time his fakes and shots. And it was insane. And as soon as you hit the mat, like there's, you, you better, you know, he's going to run you if you're not up again. So it was, uh, and, and really I, my t- old teammate in high school, I was able to get him to, you know, he bought into it and was real good drill. He's actually the head coach of Canada, Mac, Brian Krenzlock. He was awesome. My senior year, he actually, we were drilling like, you know, I needed that, you know, cause it's hard to, get a high school kid. Hey man, this is how we're going to drill, you know, especially mm-hmm. <laughs> get sitting in school day and then you're going to do that. And then that, we had to wrestle all our live after that. So it was hard to get somebody to buy in to even uh, thinking about doing that. That's how intense this drill was, but I picked up a lot from it, man. And no, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. It was like no other like ever seen. Do you say you were wrestling an hour live back in those days? Oh, yeah, we had some, uh, yeah, we had some, uh, some long ones there. We had some tough <laughs> ones. Yeah. <laughs> man. Yeah. It's like, is do you feel like things have changed a lot in terms of like the philosophy of coaching and training kids and like high school or or maybe not as much but it seems like it has a little bit sure thing i mean i i sure think so yeah i think it just everything it's kind of coming around to that i think but yeah i think philosophy wise it's probably changed quite a bit from how we used to you know i still remember my junior year when i lost in the fargo finals and remember we trained like our butt off all all year my legs were still sore from my running from that junior national camp, my, no. my finals. I still remember, like, my legs are still still sore, like, to touch. That's overtraining. That's too much. Moment, right? <laughs> like, and then, you know, because me and Teague Moore were always roommates there. And, and he, like, we had ties. Like, dude, this is too much. We got to wrestle in a national tournament, like, in a, in a few days. And, and uh, there was a little bit of pushback, but it was, uh, you know, just what are you gonna do away. but yeah. yeah i still remember my my junior i'm like man my legs are sore to touch and, and really it's not like we're just sitting around for months like we're getting after it every day and still to have them that sore it was a little bit of like you're saying overtraining a bit i'd say well that's a know? good point like if your your baseline is already very fit to get mm-hmm. like yeah because like yeah the only time you get sore really is like if you don't work out for a couple months you come back the right. first week back you're like ah can't exactly move. exactly yeah so you guys were already in peak prime shape and then being sore and we had this hill at our training camps all through my high school were at clarion okay um, for the cadet and junior so we had this big hill that we used to run up so we were doing that you know i'm sure that played into it but it was full full fledged till we left on the bus and you know, I still remember, like, man, sort of, sort of touch. That stuff don't, it shouldn't happen that much. But and you were yeah, roommates with Teague? Oh, all the time. We were, we were tight. What roommates a legend! All. What a beast, right? Yeah, we grew up pretty much. We, you know, lived together in the summer sometimes and trained all the time. And yeah, what a beast, man! That's one of my best friends for sure. You know, really, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, we're super tight. Yeah, yeah I gotta get him sure. on. He's yeah, he's... Uh, he's he's awesome. Yeah, Teague's my man for sure. And his had... older brother Ty was one of the biggest PA legends ever, ever a four time state champ, Ty Moore. He was like one of the meanest dudes ever, you know, you go with him. Yeah, I he will. passed away a few years back, but he is, uh, yeah, that at North Allegheny team that wrestled St. Ed's in the late eighties, Ty was a you know, mainstay in there. So man, uh, it's funny he, you he say that awesome. because 
just the other day, someone I was messaging someone and they're like, you should look into the North Allegheny coach. Cause you know, Larry Ferguson, super famous or Howard Ferguson, super famous, right. From St. Ed's and, right, ben, right. and Ben Hada who went to Penn and went to St. Ed's, he's doing a documentary on Ed's versus Walsh right now. Yeah. Yeah. But someone messaged me. They're like, bro, before Ed's Walsh, you gotta look at yeah. Ed's North Allegheny. Yeah. And Late I'm like, well, yeah, it. yeah, it's crazy. There was I'm one like, in two coach- in the country. Really? Yeah. Go. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, it was one and two in the country and uh there was just guys up and down the lineup like Rich Kellner, Ray Brinzer, Ty Moore, and on the other side they were loaded as well. And uh but yeah, guy Gusty Augustino was the all time coach there, um, all through those years. But they had some teams there. North Allegheny all through the eighties into the early nineties, they were like the best for sure. But those two teams, and that's before like internet and all this stuff now. You know, imagine how big it was back then. Imagine what it would have been like now, you know, even to do that. But yeah, then, right. Uh, yeah, they, they all Walsh, St. Ed's, they always were, were, uh, you know, always still are really good, you know. But North Allegheny is not a name that rolls off the tongue in that same sentence unless you know from the day or unless you're from PA. So like, I was, I was excited to learn about that. And, you know, first thing I said, is that coach still around? And unfortunately, he's not. But right, right. like I'd love to get someone from that North Allegheny era just to talk about it because it's just uh you know come again from Illinois you don't always hear about these great PA legends from the eighties and nineties right. and right um, yeah that one year I think they had five PIA state champs that maybe that junior senior year of Ty Moore so you know out of thirteen weight in PA trip away that's pretty that's pretty impressive you know so yeah uh, but yeah they uh they they. They were the school back then, man, for sure. They still yeah. have a good program, but I mean, they were top in the country. Those them and St. Ed's, you know, year after year for their late '80s, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And so Teague Moore, his brother was on those teams, and so and you're roommates with him. And okay, I mean that we the names we're talking about here. I mean these are these are legendary names. Jamar Jamar Bilvins, you mentioned earlier. It's like who were some other guys on those PA teams that you were coming up with? Uh, well, you know, people, uh, well, people still heard about, I mean, the Joneses were beasts, man. Burtis, he was my age and he had wrestled Kale Sanderson in the finals. What, yeah. Twice, maybe. See, he, they had a, we wrestled the all-star meet, uh, the NWCA all-star meet. Now back then it was in February. It was like the first weekend of February right around the Super Bowl. So the one year was out in Oklahoma state. Teague wrestled Abbas. I wrestled Leitner and Virtus wrestled Kale. And this one, freshman, they had a really tight match. It was like six five. They had a scramble at the end. So, and then, but a year later, that's how good Kale is. You know, a year later, it was you know we're definitely one sided. But Virtus, that's how good he is. He was talented, quick, one of the best I've ever been around. You know, and then obviously his brother Greg, Greg is insane champ, and uh, still involved in the fight run. He's he's one of the baddest dudes out there still right now. You know, <laughs> Greg oh, Jones, definitely. But, you know what I mean? But that's yeah, a- that was. Uh, I tell yeah. people all the time, like, Virtus almost, you know, he was seconds away from beating Kale, but obviously Kale was the best ever, you know, but that's how good I'm saying Virtus talent-wise, you know, he was, he was a beast competing with Kale, mm-hmm. you know, that his, that was our junior year, and that was, Kale was only a freshman at that point, but yeah. Okay, yeah, I know that's, yeah. uh, that name is, you know, Greg Jones, three-time NCAA champ, and I had him on the podcast, it's like, you look at his stats, you go on the record, it's or his record book, it's like, he barely lost any matches. <laughs> it's like yeah. insane, dude. It's, uh, it's a, yeah. He I mean, same, good, same with you though, bro. You look at your college records, like 40 and one, 40 and two. Like, what do you think about the match counts now? Like, do you think that we're wrestling too little? Were, were you wrestling too much? What do you think? You know what? I, uh, 
I think the schedule was similar, but I had, you know, I was always getting after it early on in tournaments whenever I could. So um, it's just what I, you know, I felt comfortable doing. You know, I wanted to wrestle as much as possible, really. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think it's good, at, you know, in ways to kind of limit it. I know Penn State, sometimes they only have 20 matches going in, but but look what they're doing. I mean, they're doing they're the best, right, you know, for sure. So uh, definitely some probably benefits to both, I guess, depending on knowing your team. I know Kale knows his team well and what they need. So, mm-hmm. um, but some, if you have some younger guys, maybe get them some opens and probably be beneficial that way, you know. So that's what I did. I had like my my senior, I tore my knee up pretty good. So I think I only had like in the 30s, but every other year I was pushing 50 almost, you know. So yeah, I had such here. a long season, man. It's uh, it's a long season. So it's you stretch it all the way from the So yeah, it is nice to have some some gaps in there probably without cutting the weight in competition. Now the weight, obviously guys aren't killing themselves to, to make the weight and can't. So it's probably way better for the sport, I think, you know, than when we were coming up through there. So, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, depending on the team, I think it's, it's pretty good. Cause like I said, it's a long season and, you know, to have to compete every weekend, that gets kind of tough. So. And you guys were in that era where, again, there wasn't any mention of like overtraining or recovery yet. Like I think, Gable was so successful and everyone kind of mirrored that, that just punishing style. And then now Kale's super successful and he's doing the opposite. So I hope all these, and I think it's probably working, right? All these kids clubs are like, they're not busting kids asses anymore. Like as hard as they used to. That's it, man. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. You didn't hear a a lick of overtraining back then, but you know, as you know, we get, get closer nowadays. I think it definitely, uh, you know, they know what they're doing and, (laughs) You yeah. know, you could see it, see the benefits of it for sure, especially what Kale's doing there. So, um, but yeah, there was, yeah, we, I still, yeah, there was no overtraining at all. I mean, you, the only thing you would get a break the day before, you know, you maybe not wrestle a whole lot alive and just make yeah. your weight. But other than that, two days before you're getting, I mean, especially when we were in high school and even in college, you know, a lot of college I kind of did to myself, but you know, it's just what I knew, I guess, just training day before maybe a little bit but you know if i don't go super hard day before i'm thinking well, what, you know i could have probably done a little bit more that day <laughs> you know so you know but yeah just what you're used to i guess and what you brought up brought up you know believing in so but yeah i what think a, it's definitely better nowadays what about the weight cutting back there like how how hard of a pull is it for you to get down to 134 oh man i was thinking about this earlier my okay so my i redshirted my freshman year red shirt freshman year i was trying to make 126 and I was like top eight, but I, I'm telling you, I was my one loss. I wrestled this guy, Mike Mena, in the duel. We wrestled that national duel as Clarion did out, and I forget where it was, but it was like a tournament. It's a full 16 team tournament. So it wasn't like that I had kind of have now. So we wrestled Iowa the first match. And uh, I made the weight there. That was my only loss in college for a duel meet. Um, he ended up doing that roll through, catching me and beat me by a few there. And, uh, but after that, you know, we went, tried to make it again. And I really couldn't make it after that. And one time, the next tournament after that national dual tournament, um, yeah, I mean, I almost, uh, literally almost died. I was in the sauna with the rubber suits on. We were leaving for, I think it was the conference tournament, that PSAC tournament. And, uh, yeah, they yanked me out of there. 126.8 I was the day before. And I come back next morning, still the same weight. And couldn't sweat, and then they yanked me out. My heart was like 21 times a minute beating. So, yeah. How miserable was that sleep that night, bro? I didn't. Yeah, I still remember. There was a game on some college game, and I'm sitting there miserable. I think it was a college basketball game, 
and I'm miserable. Was trying to sleep and I couldn't sleep. It was the worst. Oh my god! You know, so I got up real early and tried. I'm like, I hopefully I lost like a tenth or two, and I didn't. So I'm like, I got to get this weight off. And uh, we were leaving for that tournament that day, and so obviously I didn't make it to that tournament. And then, you know, right after that is when those three guys, the three Division One guys, died in like sixty, whatever it was. And then right there, they moved the weights up to you know seven pounds, adjusted them. So I moved up from there to one forty one right away. And kind of still is a little losing some weight for that. So it was, yeah, back then it was miserable. It was, you know, guys were doing it all the time. I mean, they were cooking themselves just to make the weight. You know, it was a little bit different. Thank goodness they uh, changed everything. And yeah. it's better for the sport, I think, for sure. You know, guys can guys could actually train and uh, not just worry about cutting weight. Because it got to the point where I trained. But then these days I really would just have to cut weight. And it wasn't, you know, good for the sport. It wasn't good for the for the guy either. You're not working on like technique or anything new. You're just trying to like keep it all within check. Oh, exactly. Miserable as heck, you know, yeah. hating life, hating school. And yeah. So, so 126.8, yeah, where were you like, if that was a, if that was like a Friday night, what were you like the Monday before? 36? Yeah. No, I was the one Sunday I was like 147. And uh, that was when I was like, man, I'm, this is getting out of hand. And, you know, I just had a weekend I ate and I'm like, I came in, I figured I'd be like 140 and I'm like, I was 147. And I'm like, man, this is not good. You know? that is... And I only had four days and yeah, it was tough. It was, uh, don't <laughs> I remember those days for sure. But, but yeah, it was better. You know, I moved up pretty much two weights at that point and, and I was able to train and, you know, had a real good run yeah. after that really, you know, yeah, so I so... always tell people if you could train, you know, obviously you don't want to be small for the weight, but if you could train and really train every day and just you know cut the weight a little bit here and there i think that's way better and it's like just it's a more fun way to enjoy the sport you know big <laughs> yeah. time so absolutely man 98 you so 98 you're at 134 that's when you took your first all you took fourth did right, you right. so that your your retro freshman year did you not even wrestle then because you couldn't get down I and I, uh, yeah i think i was I think I was ranked the top eight, but then I, when I was cutting and I had a little bit of a knee injury, which I was kind of glad I did. I got it scoped and like my year was done, you know, yeah. I just were on to the next, you know? So, uh, but yeah, my right knee needed scoped. I tore it up a little bit, but nothing major, but yeah. So I didn't even compete in the, the postseason at that point. Got so. it. And did I, did I see the, is this the same Lee Pritz who's at Arizona state? Yeah. yeah I so, love yeah. that guy. See, he transferred. Oh, he's the best, right? He I saw him in the bracket in 98. Yeah, he transferred to Clarion when we were when I was a what a sophomore, I think. So he was with us. I think he stayed around a year. But yeah, yeah, Dude. that's the same Lee Fritz. One of the guys. I'm like, because one uh, thing I'll do is when I I pull up like the '98 NCAA bracket and I'll control after Clarion. Like, all right, do I know anyone on the team? And like once in a while, you'll find someone. And like, shit, Lee Fritz was there. Like, yeah, God, yeah, love he that was guy. Our 18 pounder, I think it was still at the time. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, Lee's awesome, man. And then in 99, so you were at 98, you're at 134, you're a sophomore, you take fourth, 43 and three record, insane. 99, you're a junior, you're up at 141. So is that because of the weight class got moved? Well, that's what happened in that time. Okay. Yeah, they just uh, officially moved them to seven pounds above, you know. Got it. So okay. they, they changed them at that. But the year before, I think they just adjusted it to get through the year but yeah at that point they had moved them all from 125 33 41 and, and so on so got it okay changed at that point and then in the semis you lose a nail biter to lightner i'm sure you scrapped with him a bunch but like though like it was you lightner schwab 
Carl Perry, like man. Perry, like, yeah, yeah. The, all the, and really, guys don't see uh, Jamil Kelly was it never placed, and he was an Olympian, what Olympic silver medalist. He was in all those brackets, you know. So uh, that dude, he was really good too. We knew it. I mean, he just somehow he never broke through the all. That's American. insane. Yeah, I mean, he the that too. The other yeah. name I saw in there in two thousand. So you beat. Jamil Kelly, but the round before you beat an Illinois legend, David Douglas from Arizona State. Yeah, yeah. Four times yeah. state champ, man. Like unbelievable. Him a few times through uh at least two or three times I wrestled him. Yeah, he was long and lanky. And yeah, you know, I remember that match because I was bad, a real bad knee injury. I was trying to make it through. And I was on top just riding trying to ride him because I had nothing on my feet. You know, I had no offense. So he was uh he was a tough dude. Yeah. Long and lanky and, and definitely hard yeah. to Sure. Yeah, and Jamil Kelly's in there. It's like, man, the uh, the guy from PA though. I was trying to think of the name earlier, and it just came to me. Um, the Illinois one twenty five pounder, Jeremy Hunter. Was he around oh, yeah. when you were coming up? Oh gosh, we he went to McGuffey High School, which was a Canamac like bordering school. So we all the time we uh, we never wrestled in high. We wrestled a little bit of freestyle, but he was always a weight or two below me. But yeah, he's a legend, man. PA. Four time legend, uh, right? Yeah, no doubt, man. Yeah, and then you know he went to Penn State. He was on that team I was talking about. He, uh, yeah, he locked his Abbas Steve, and uh, and then he won. I think what the next year or whatever. But yes, Jeremy was yeah, legend, man, for sure. Yeah, he's still out there now, isn't he, Illinois? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I saw Carl Perry. You know, he's from the University of Illinois. I'm like, oh, that's it kind of that triggered for me. It's like, okay, that's I I meant to ask you about that, but yeah, yeah. that um just totally off topic but going back to Tigre real quick if anyone listening wants to watch this match watch the I believe it's the 97 or 90 is the 97 quarters or semis at UNI Dome Tigre versus Steven Abbas goes to yeah. overtime <laughs> Abbas hits this drag I've never seen a smoother drag in my life it's just like those matches Tigre and Abbas god almighty I you know I was on a me and Abbas were on a tour together uh our junior years they took a team to like Paris and Poland and uh we were on the plane together and I'm like you remember that match in the juniors against Teague and he sat up and he's like you did you see that and I'm like yeah I saw it Teague's my, he's like his Abbas was up by three it was in the semis of juniors and uh they come there was only like 10 seconds left and Teague low single right on the whistle Abbas obviously thought it was and it might have been a little bit right and then he picked it up and Three them back to his back, tied it, and then Teague scored in overtime like 10 seconds in. So he beat Abbas, and Abbas was still, he's like, Do you remember? I was like, Yeah, man, you guys battled all through there, man. Wow. But that so, was so, one of the best guys I've ever, ever oh, been around, man. Dude, what a, what a freak. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So that was, yeah, so that was God. like at high school junior nationals, though, and Teague beat Abbas. That was uh, one of those years, junior yeah. or senior year. Yeah. And Abbas had, it was like 10 7 then, because we're right on the side, and then Teague you know, kind of anticipated the whistle to start. And uh, yeah, Steve was still salty on that one. I'm like, yeah, that was a, Man. you guys had some battles. I wonder All if anyone has that footage. I know. I was thinking that nowadays, I wish some of these, these matches we had, cause they were some battles, man. Oh yeah, those guys God. always got after it. It was probably like 94, 95. I wonder if anyone does. That would be Cool one to, cool one the back call out there anyone listening yeah. Jay, i know yeah. jason bryant seems to have his pulse on everything but those it, it wasn't in like i feel weird even calling it fargo because you guys didn't even call it fargo yet right not really i mean not really no it was just, was it at year, it was uh where was it my 
my freshman year, I think it was in Missouri somewhere, or uh, the cadets were in Missouri. I think my freshman year of juniors was in Minneapolis, possibly, and then it went to Fargo from there after. So around '93, I think that's okay. the first year it was. So you was even you didn't even wrestle in it when it was at UNI then the UNI dome. I don't think so. No, because that was even because like in the '80s it was in Iowa City, then it shifted to the UNI dome. But yeah, and then yeah. now it's just called Fargo. But yeah, your it's generation, a, yeah. they call it juniors, you know? Yeah, it was juniors. Yeah. Now obviously it's there all the time. Everything's there. So it's Fargo now. But but yeah, it's uh that's when it just started. And it was yeah, it was pretty cool when it, it went there. I thought it was a huge yeah. place. It's pretty neat, man. Yeah. And now yeah. are you still involved? Like do you have kids that coach do you coach at all? I mean, I've seen some videos of you doing clinicians out there. What's your yeah, involvement yeah. now? It's funny. My kids are twelve, my boys are eleven and twelve, and my daughter's seven and they really don't wrestle much. My oldest wrestled a little bit this year, and and everyone's like, "How are they not wrestling?" I'm like, "Man, wrestling's too hard to shove it down their throat." And he, the, my oldest, really likes it, so we'll see how it is from here. But now yeah. he's 12, and where we're at, PA and Camden, there's some studs there. So I gotta like work them in easy. So you know, they're getting massacred you know, out there. <laughs> right to the wolves exactly 12 year old that's at that yeah. point yeah these kids are like doing d1 college warm-ups it's crazy <laughs> man yeah but yeah i'm still involved i still help out with the high school program and the little kids program at camp mellon high school so yeah um yeah i volunteer every time every chance i'm there quite a bit so that's um, awesome but yeah they have a good crew there right now they, they have a girls program that's crazy they won the states this past year the boys were the wpl champs so yeah they're uh, coach slack's doing some great things there man it's um, it's cool to see all the academies bringing up and the Chance Marsteller one out there. He, I guess, I think it's called Stella Train, dude. They're they're making yeah. a, a splash on the scene. I'm a huge fan Crazy. of Chance Marsteller. Oh, yeah, he, no doubt, man. No where doubt. is he in the state related to you? He now he was out. He, I'm on the far, you know, okay. west corner, southwest corner. So he's more centrally located. But yeah, he would have stud, man. Great dude, story, big fan. Man, JB, sure. that's insane. Crazy, right? Yeah, God. solid. Dude. Yeah. Well, the yeah. couple other things I want to ask you about, just kind of one off, was were you in Atlanta in '96 to watch Kurt win the gold? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, me, most of my family was down there, but yeah, we went down, and it was kind of a cool moment for sure, to say the least. But yeah, yeah. that was Kendall Cross won that year, and it they there was like five weeks of time. So the days we went, I think Kendall won. And Kurt won. Then the brands won the next, you know, next two days and stuff. So, but yeah, it was a cool event, man. Yeah, it was wow. a pretty definitely yeah. something to remember because it was so crazy back then. We thought he lost because the guy, like when the refs were, you know, kind of talking, uh, Jadidi was there and he was like, John, we're like, oh my gosh, he won. and Kurt had low single and kind of we're like, you gonna finish or what? And he kind of hung out, so we really didn't. That was just crazy back then. There was just referee's decision, you know. So it was a referee's man, decision. Yeah, so it they just you know they conjoined and there was no score change. So uh, and Jadidi kept trying to raise his hand, and then the guy raised Kurtz, and it was just a crazy moment, man, for oh, sure. Yeah, wow. yeah, it was cool. It was definitely neat. I mean, I just think about you know we're coming up on the the worlds before the Olympics, Paris next summer, and I feel like the Olympics are just here, you know. And yeah, yeah, the, with the year after, yeah, exactly. It's a quick turnaround for sure, man. But to watch yeah, like I'm a excited, family you know? member win a gold medal is like yeah that's 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 yeah. so rare i mean what a what a yeah. moment you know and for yeah. a, and you were still wrestling so that had to be a huge motivation i was i was that was uh early on in my college career so that's when uh you know definitely like i said he was always a year uh, a level or two above me so right. really it was kind of like yeah 
looking ahead to what I, what I could possibly be doing, you know. So it was, it was definitely good to have him there. 96 was awesome because that was when Satiev made his first Olympics and he beat Kenny Monday yeah. in the quarters like bad. Now, I know that wasn't the great Kenny Monday at his best and he had some right, real weight, right. weight issues, but you watch Satiev and Satiev is my favorite wrestler. It's like that One was his first of four. Ever. Yeah, yeah. And he's I mean, like no other people. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, from then and then how many years he went after. Just Oh, wait. Well, insane. Yeah. Insane, right? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Absolutely insane. Yeah. And what do you look when you uh I mean you came up seeing Alan Freed's the Colats, and now we're watching this great generation of PA wrestlers, and you see like guys like David Taylor. I mean, what's your take on some yeah. of these current stars we're watching? Oh man, it, you know, it, it, I think it has evolved a lot, you know, in terms of you know, it's still wrestling, but what I really noticed, like Taylor, especially like his just every position he's wrestled through every position you know when he he wrestled he has Donnie he's gonna make him work for if he gives up a takedown he's gonna make him work and work so you know a minute two minutes in um he's gonna start wearing on the guy so yeah their scrambling ability is just insane you know that's what I really noticed in the past or their defense like Dake's defense I don't even know how you take that guy down it's insane like Burrow's on a low shot and it's like he's (laughs) this dude is unbelievable and it's just strong yeah. as hell you know but yeah i think the scrambled ability and these defensive defense these guys have is is like no other you know but yeah we got some great stars right now man what do you and, think uh, about the two-point takedown yeah you know what i saw that and i'm like how's that i would have probably liked it back in the day but i don't it'll definitely change some strategy a little bit you know uh yeah. but yeah that'll be it'll That's be a big a, change a big change right i mean just think of if it was how many matches could have went either way back in the day so It'll be uh, it'll be interesting for sure. But yeah, I think we'll adapt to it, and you know, yeah, if they're gonna I, next, keep it around, we'll see how it works. You know, we talk about all the scrambling. You know, when they created that rule, the the count where like if you're in a scr- if you're in a scramble, danger, you can't yeah. be on your in danger, neutral danger. Yeah, yeah. And everyone thought that was gonna like that was gonna eradicate all the scumbag <laughs> scramblers. They're just hanging around. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know anyone i don't you don't really think about it now you don't really see it that often you know no, so no, kind of just you know adapt to it and kind of work yeah. through it but yeah i'm sure this that'll happen here too but yeah it's a bit it's a probably the biggest rule change i'd say in what forever you know in quite a while i'd say i mean i don't you even know, know what could be close to it yeah not even right yeah yeah i mean it's yeah, it'll be Pretty great. What well, last one on this? Two things for you on this one. You know, this summer I feel like I've been asking everyone about rules, so I'll keep the theme going. Push out point for folk style. Like it or love it or hate it? You know, see, I kind of, I was taught like early on, like I even still teach guys, like never give up that position, circle in, you know, keep your back to the center. So I would, I would probably support it more so. But see, folk style, I don't know. It's it's gets that's a, that's a tough one, but. I'd probably more support it than not than most I'd say, but you know, I was always taught that like never, you know, that's drilled in our head for years. And really back then we didn't even have push out points at all. So mm-hmm. it was totally different, but we still were taught that. So I well, probably now some of the, like, if you look at some of the goofy interpretations of stalling, you can get called for stalling for pushing someone out, which yeah. that to <laughs> me is like, I don't even know. That doesn't even make sense. It's to me. Yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of tough how to, the, the, that, but yeah. the scrambling with the push out could be it might ruin the scrambling because some of the mm-hmm. best scrambles you think about like the NCAA quarters, some guys on the edge, they got a toe in, they're scrambling right and something happens. So like that would that would make me nervous if we lost that because yeah. I love that about folk style. 
that is like you see some of those scrims, especially now that you know back when I was wrestling, you had keep everything in. Now you you just have one thing in that still creates yeah. the action. I just think makes a lot more wrestling there. <laughs> Because before it kind of limited where you were at. Now you can wrestle through as long as anyone has a part in. You can keep wrestling through position. But, but yeah, I think some of those scrambles are the best best you've ever seen, really, yeah. on the edge of the mat there, for sure. We were re-watching, I think it was Tony Davis versus Adam Terrapelli from 99. And yeah. I was watching it with Mark Manning. I did a documentary on Tony Davis, Illinois legend. And uh, Mark Manning was his coach at UNI, and we were watching that match. And he forgot the rule change. And so he's like actively coaching Tony and he's like calling for, you know, it's, it is crazy to watch those matches without that out of bounds. Like it's, yeah, uh, it's no, way exactly. different. It's yeah. way different when that change. That's a big it, change. That's a probably the other big huge. change. Yeah. yeah, I agree for sure. For sure. But yeah, it definitely changed the whole complexion of, of wrestling on the edge of there for sure. Well, the, the yeah. last one we always ask folks, and it's been an honor to have you on, Mark. Thank you so much. Uh, brother. Man, for you, this is a lot of fun, man, talking wrestling for sure. What's a, uh, you know, the podcast is called How to Wrestling Change Your Life. Someone who spent as much time in it as you, you know, a lot of different ways you could take that. But, you know, what's the, if you see someone at the store and they never wrestled and they say, why would I let my kid wrestle? Like, what did it do for you? Oh, man. You know what? I think, uh, I think I realize it more now than I'm a, I'm a dad and, you know, grown adult you know but it shows up everything I do even from you know waking up every day never missing work never being late being a good you know worker co-worker boss whatever it is um and really just being you know being a role model for my kids you know um they never knew you know seen me wrestle or anything like that but they do see my work ethic mm -hmm. um they know I train every day still you know and with them I try to preach you know like you know, you you can do you know, just the bare minimum, but you know, and my oldest son says, I want to get better, I want to get stronger. And I tell him all the time, like, you gotta put the work in. The only way I ever knew was to get better. You know, I wasn't the strongest, the biggest, the fastest, but um I I got things done, I was successful because I got work to everybody, you know. So just mm -hmm. that work ethic. And yeah, like I said, it shows up in everything I do pretty much, thinking about it. And uh yeah, just my work ethic, my dedication, you know my loyalty and everything. So, yeah. Uh, like I said, the more, you know, I, older I get and the, you know, now that I'm a father, it's, it really comes into play. Um, just every single, really everything I can think of during the day that I do, you know, whether it's my routine and my training or just being, being the best person I could be is, is a hundred percent related to wrestling. It's, you said something that's crazy to imagine, like, how much of your life revolved around wrestling and your kids don't know anything about that life. Yeah. That's like, they never, they don't know any of that. Like five time Fargo champ, like, like yeah. you compare like your, your 12 year old, right? Like the amount of workouts you did compared to him by the time he was 12, like it's just so crazy that they don't know that unless you kind of like drop little nuggets on them, like through over yeah. time. Right. You just, you got to no, sprinkle exactly. it in cause they don't care otherwise. Right. No, they, they don't know any better. They have no idea of the, the training I went through and, and not that it has to be at that level, but, you know, I just preach, you know, if you want to get to that next level, you know, everybody's doing this much here, you know, and as you get older, yeah, you know, we'll see where you want to be. If you want to be that good, you got to put the work in, you know, so and bro, yeah, they need, don't know much about that life. you know. And we need the, uh, we need the workout plan for you, man, because you're, you're keeping it together well and you're into your, <laughs> yeah. in your parenting years, man. Your so 40s, that workout yeah. routine. Yeah. Uh, trying to get no dad bods here. I'm trying to, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm trying to get it 
stay out Well, here. Mark, thanks so much for coming on, brother. It's a real honor, and I really appreciate you taking time early on a Friday, brother. Oh, man. Hey, I appreciate it. A lot of fun, man. Big fan. Absolutely. Have a great day, man. Take care. All right, brother. You too, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. This episode was brought to you by our friends at Cosmatch. They're an online peer-to-peer crowdfunding platform. And if you're looking to supplement your fundraising efforts this wrestling season, go to Cosmatch.com slash wrestling. That's Cosmatch.com slash wrestling. We'll see you next time on a new episode of Wrestling Changed My Life.